0: Great to be uh, gathered with you all this morning. Uh, We are continuing in our fall series. Uh, So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll pick up there in verse 1 in a moment. Uh, If you were with us last week, you know that we talked about the Holy Spirit. And specifically, the role of the Spirit in our call uh, to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Uh, As you open Scripture, in particular, we highlighted the book of Acts, it becomes clear that we cannot fulfill the Great Commission, Uh, we cannot be effective witnesses in the macro or the micro, uh, without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit uh, fills, uh, guides, speaks, inspires. Uh, The Holy Spirit opens doors for us uh, and and propels us out into the world, empowering our witness. Every initiative is to be ordained and inspired by the Spirit. But before we rush on to the next topic, uh, I wanted to spend another week exploring uh, life in the Spirit, and specifically what the Scriptures call uh, gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. And the role that those play in the life of discipleship and in our call to witness. And we'll pick up in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Paul writes this. He says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Let's pray. Lord, as we uh, come into this place, we recognize that we uh, come into Your presence in a unique way. That when people gather together in your name for the purpose of seeking you, uh, there you are among them. Uh, And and so we come with a sense of expectation this morning, Jesus. We uh, set aside even our past experiences, um, refusing to let those dictate what the future holds. uh, But instead, we look to you. Uh, We don't want to put you in a box, Lord. We We don't want to assume beforehand that we know what it is that you want to do, even this morning we seek you with an open heart, with an open mind, and a sense of expectancy. Would you speak to our hearts, Lord? Uh, would you work in us and through us by the power of the Holy Spirit in whatever way you want? In Jesus' name,
1: Amen. There is a, a sad
0: dichotomy that has taken hold over the last century in which many churches feel pressure to choose. Are we a spirit church or are we a Bible church? If we're a Bible church, then we will read the word, we'll study the word, we'll grow in our intellectual knowledge of the word and typically leave out the spirit because that's just this big, uncomfortable question mark. What do we do with the spirit? How do we navigate that? We're not quite sure. And then on the flip side, you have spirit churches who sometimes are all about experience and, and sadly can uh, have little in the way of biblical study, of biblical knowledge, of biblical understanding, but can fall into sort of an experience-driven model, which over time can actually uh, slip into ways of operating that aren't super healthy or biblical. Uh, If Bible Bible churches are all knowledge and no experience, then spirit churches can become all experience with no knowledge. And because we live in the intellectual Western world, uh, our affinity will naturally be for intellect over experience. But a healthy church, a, a vibrant church, a church that will survive and even thrive in the secular West, will have both, Scripture
1: and the Spirit. And when you step
0: back and look at the big picture, it seems silly not to have both. Uh, If you're a Bible church, if you're truly devoted to Scripture, then you will be pointed powerfully toward the reality and necessity of the Spirit, God's empowering presence at work among us. And as you pursue the Spirit in a healthy biblical way, He will bring Scripture to life. It becomes a living, breathing document. The Spirit illuminates the Jesus of Scripture and makes Him real, tangible to us. Uh, The Spirit brings scriptural promises to fulfillment among us. And so as a church, we want both. Uh, We're not going to fall for one or the other. We need both at the same time. We want to be deeply rooted in a biblical understanding of the world. Uh, We want to operate under the authority of Scripture, allowing it to uh, form our worldview and challenge us and shape us. And we want to be filled with the Spirit and enjoy life in the Spirit, as the Scriptures promised we would. And this life in the Spirit includes at least three things and probably a lot more. But Paul says in the passage we read this morning, there are, quote, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of uh, working or manifestations, but in all of them, And in everyone, it is the same God at work. So as we try to conceptualize, hey, what is life in the Spirit like? What does it entail? These three categories jump out right off the bat. We have gifts, we have types of service, and we have working or manifestations. So if you think about uh, manifestations, they include a bunch of the things we just read this morning. Message of knowledge. Faith, healing, miraculous powers, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, the list goes on. Those are things that can just happen through any of us, even this morning, as we seek the Spirit of the Lord and we're open to that. We say, Lord, I want you to, to operate through me to manifest yourself. Then you have uh, gifts. I think I'm like blocking this for half the room. Then you have gifts, uh, which include prophecy, teaching, service, generosity, encouragement, leadership, and on it goes. And then you have different types of service uh, the classic list is apostles pastors teachers evangelists prophets it's way way more diverse than that it's way way bigger than that so as you think about life in the spirit each one of you can experience all three of these each one of you is gifted empowered by the spirit for a realm of service both inside and outside of the church you have a type of service that you're called to, that's unique to you, to your gifting, to your wiring, to what you are passionate about, the way that God has made you. Uh, each one of you can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and many of you will recognize as you press into the Spirit, wow, God's really gifted me uniquely for this thing, for, for Spirit, for service, for generosity, for encouragement. I'm uniquely marked by that. As I'm filled with the Spirit, I just want to encourage people. I just want to build them up in the Lord. Say, awesome. Your spirit's gifting you with that. Run with that. Oh, you're gifted to serve. You're just a servant-hearted person. We've got all these different places we need people to serve. Like, Go, run with that. Man, the, 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 when I'm filled with the spirit, I'm just, I just have this gift of generosity. I just think about material wealth and possessions in a totally different way than the average American. I can just give, and I have so much joy. Go. Paul says, when you figure out what you're gifted for, you run with that. So you have an area of service inside and outside of the church. You have have unique gifts of the Spirit that, that, as we come alive in Christ, those gifts come alive. And then there's manifestations. And every single one of you can experience manifestations of the Spirit as well. In fact, in the passage we read this morning, Paul says, Now to each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Who experiences manifestations of the Spirit? All of us. Every single one. To each one. So it's not one person who's on fire with the Holy Spirit. Oh, let's watch them operate in their gifts. Let's watch the Spirit manifest Himself to that person. No, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is, is given. Not one among us, but everyone. And notice that as we think about these categories, these gifts, these manifestations, these types of service, they're given by God himself. They are given by and through the Holy Spirit, who is God. Sometimes we have a weird reaction against the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And therefore, all of these gifts, roles, manifestations have a role to play in witness, in making disciples, in creating a vibrant church that will in turn reach, touch, and transform the culture around it. Otherwise, God wouldn't give them. That's what what God is up to. But we can think about uh, the the stuff that the Spirit does in the context of witness in at least two different ways. When we think about witnessing, God, you're doing all of this stuff. You want to do all this stuff through me, and it's for the power of making disciples. It's for the power of witness. We can think about that power for witness in at least two different ways. Uh, One would be sort of the general principle that vibrant churches will produce effective witnesses. Uh, If our hearts are on fire for God in this place, then we will carry that fire into the culture. The more all of you flourish in in your, your gifts, your service, your manifestations, then the stronger the church will be, the more we will encounter and experience God in this place, and the more we'll carry that fire and carry that experience into our spheres of influence so that others can encounter Christ. So that's one way that we can think about, hey, the more vibrant it is here, the more effective, in theory, witnesses we will be and disciple makers we will be out there. But there's a totally other sense in which these gifts, roles, manifestations, the stuff that the Spirit does has a direct role to play, in witnessing and evangelism, in helping others experience God firsthand. They aren't just for building up the church internally. They actually have a very real role to play in making God known to the unbelieving world. In fact, Paul writes later in in 1 Corinthians, he says, tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Interesting. We usually don't think of it that way. And later in this same passage, Paul says, if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in to a gathering, like the one we're having this morning, while everyone is prophesying or sharing what God has uniquely laid on their hearts, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secret of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God really is
1: among you. So, so the gifts and
0: manifestations of the Spirit, they build up the church and help all of us experience God as we gather, but they actually have tremendous value in witnessing to the unbelieving world as well. Uh, Ray Lowe, who some of you know, uh, one of our dear friends, he's a an, an, uh, leader in our international family of churches that's called Regions Beyond. Uh, his, his sort of backstory is that he took over a, a small Baptist church that was really struggling uh, in the town that he was living in called Began Hill uh, outside of London. Uh, and this was decades ago, but he took over this, this small church and he said, hey, I'll take over this small Baptist church, but only on the condition that you let me teach scripture and you let the Bible guide us forward, even when it comes to the charismatic gifts. Uh, and the leader said, okay. You you can do that. Uh, And so that's what he did. Over the years, he slowly guided the church into a place of loving Scripture and experiencing the Holy Spirit, along with the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, which were very new to them at the time. And it became a a growing, vibrant church, enjoying life in the Spirit, planting new churches, seeing many people come to faith. And Ray tells the story of how uh, at one point he had knee surgery. And he couldn't attend the Sunday gatherings for something like three months. He was just stuck at home, kind of bedridden. And when he finally was up and going again, he just came in with all of this energy. I can't wait to gather with the church again. He came to his first Sunday, and he said it was just dead. Like the worship was just flat. People were just like, oh, just kind of going through the motions. Nobody shared. Nobody was operating in their gifts. Just nothing after all that, all that he'd been building. And, and so Ray, being the instigator that he is, he decided to kind of spice things up a bit and get people going. And he went to the front, and he just began speaking in tongues over, over the gathering, over the whole gathered community. And then he waited. He said, okay, when, when, when a tongue is shared, then the scriptures say there should be an interpretation. Well, we'll, we'll leave space for that. Does anyone feel like they have an interpretation for that that will build up the body? Nothing. So Ray then goes on to interpret the tongue that he's just spoken over the, over the gathering. And he went back and sat in his seat and he said, as soon as he sat down, he just thought, oh, Ray, how foolish. Why, why did you do that? Why are you so headstrong? Why are you, why, why are you always the instigator? That was, oh, why did I do that? And you know, they, they, they finish in worship, the gathering finishes, everybody goes home. Uh, And he gets home, and an hour later, he gets a phone call. And he says, hey, Ray, I just wanted to share with you, this Sunday, I brought my friend for the first time. It was was his first time in church. And when he heard you speak in tongues, he got saved. He decided right then and there that God was real. And, and, And his heart shifted, and he gave his life to Christ. An hour later, another phone call. Same thing. An hour later, another phone call. Multiple people in the gathering were saved from listening to to Ray Lowe speak and
1: pray in tongues over the gathering.
0: It was a sign to them, to the unbeliever, that God was was really alive and at work among them. It, It stirred something in their hearts. The same is true of prophecy. Paul says in a vibrant church, in a church full of the Spirit, at least two or three people should share prophetically from the front every time you gather. That's just, that's just an expectation that a Spirit-filled church should have. And everyone else should listen and weigh carefully what's being shared. And, and, but Paul says, hey, as you're doing that, the secrets of others' hearts, uh, of, the, of the unbelievers' hearts are laid bare, and they're ushered into this place of encounter, of surrender, of repentance, of worship, exclaiming, God really is among you. In fact, I would argue that few things make God feel more experienced, felt, and present than prophetic words shared from the front. In in, in a timely, in God's timing. This This is what God's stirring on my heart right now. And that has a tangible role in witnessing in here as we gather, as we invite outsiders in, as we, bring, as we invite our friends and family members who don't have hope in Christ. That has a tangible role to play, but it also has a tangible role to play in witnessing out there. As you are sent into the neighborhoods and nations of the world to love and share and witness to co-workers, to friends, to family members, occasionally even strangers as the Spirit leads. The value of prophetic words is beyond measure in those situations. And we have countless stories of that happening. People going out to witness out there, and it's just like we talked about last week. The Spirit is there nudging, whispering, directing. And even in real time as you're talking to someone, hey, as we've been talking, I've I've just sensed the Lord lay this thing on my heart. I have this word, this thought, this image that I want to share with you. I just sense the Lord would want to encourage you today with, with this, with this thing that's on my heart. And just watch what happens in those situations. This is one of the most powerful tools for witness that you could possibly cultivate. Nothing makes God more tangible to another human being than a timely prophetic word. It doesn't matter if it's inside or outside of the church. We need to operate in both spheres. And many of you have had this experience. As someone speaks a prophetic word over you, something that they, they couldn't have possibly known, that all of a sudden you know it's from the Lord. And, and in that moment, Just the atmosphere changes. Your view of God, your view of the world, everything just begins to shift radically. Oh my gosh, I knew intellectually that God was there, that he knows me, that he loves me, but I'm experiencing that in real time. There's nothing quite like it. There are a few things that glorify God inside or outside of the church more than operating in those types of gifts. And we could go on and on. Physical healing. Do we want to see physical healing in this place as we gather? Absolutely we do. We have some amazing stories over over the last year, two years, whatever it is, of, of people experiencing physical healing in a moment of prayer in our gathered community. And that's great. But the people who experience the most physical healing, who regularly operate in that gift, will tell you that that gift is to be used out there. it's, It's for witnessing. It's supposed to be exercised outside of the walls of the church. And honestly, the most physical healing and the most shocking physical healings happen out there. Because the Holy Spirit wants to make Jesus known. It wants to bring your your witness, your testimony, the truth of Jesus to life in those contexts. And it shouldn't surprise us, this is what Jesus did. He he went from place to place and He spoke about the kingdom of heaven. He witnessed about it uh, to the unbelieving world. And He usually combined that, that message about the kingdom, With physical healing, with casting out demons, with a prophetic word, with whatever it is. They went together. The kingdom of God
1: is both show and tell.
0: We speak about the reality of Jesus being back from the dead. And the Spirit demonstrates that Jesus is in fact alive and back from the dead through the power of the Spirit. And I've had the privilege of experiencing many of these things firsthand. I've given and received hundreds of prophetic words over the last few years, which has become one of my greatest joys as a follower of Jesus, both on the giving end and on the receiving end. I prayed for physical healing, and I've been physically healed in a moment of prayer where others were praying over me. I've been baptized or flooded with the Spirit and and received the gift of tongues, which I, I literally thought was impossible. Cannot happen, will not happen. I see it in Scripture, cannot happen to me. You don't know me.
1: And it happened. I've prayed and seen demons cast out of people who were so heavily demonized that they could not speak. And they began to speak again.
0: And I, and I tell you, after operating, after seeing the power of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit, through everyday ordinary people, like all of us, after seeing and experiencing those things, there's no doubt left in my mind that God is good, that God is near, God is with us. I now know those things. It's not, it's not an intellectual thought that I carry. It's, it's a living reality. For me,
1: the debate is over. Is all of this a bit uncomfortable for us in the Western world? Sometimes.
0: Sometimes it is. But the sad reality is that we have an increasing number of seeker-friendly churches in which things are so neat and so tidy and so watered down that seekers don't actually
1: encounter God. The Bible actually
0: says that the best church a newcomer could possibly come to is one in which the roles, gifts, and manifestations of the Spirit are active. A seeker-friendly church needs to be redefined as a church where seekers encounter the living God. Where they see evidence that Jesus is back from the dead. Where they respond to the activity of the Spirit through repentance and surrender, proclaiming God
1: really is among you. We'll end with this. The words of Paul to the
0: Corinthians. He says, When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom,
1: but on God's power. We need to recapture that as a church. Let's pray. Jesus, we look to you now. We open up
0: our our hearts, our minds, our souls to you, to to the living God who is here and at work among us. God, in in the passage that we read this morning, it says that you you work manifestations, that you give gifts, that you inspire realms of service, uh, just as you determine. It's not up to us. Uh, it's up to you. When we open Scripture, Lord, we see that our role uh, is one of hunger, and our role is one of surrender. And so that's how we come to you now, Jesus. That's how we come this morning. Uh, we, come, we come hungry, not apathetic. Uh, we, come, we come asking. Think of the, the Scripture that, where you explain that, hey, what father, if their child asked for bread, would give them a snake? No, that's, that's, not, that's not what earthly fathers do. And, and every earthly father is imperfect. Think about your heavenly father. How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit when you ask him? It's from the Gospel
1: of Luke. So that's how we come this morning, Jesus.
0: We want to fulfill the Great Commission. We want to be your witnesses in the world. We want a vibrant church where we can invite our
1: friends, our family members, and and they encounter the living God. They see evidence that you're back from the dead. So we invite you into this place, God. Would you come and fill us now? Do whatever it is that you want to do. May there be no doubt, no fear, no hesitation
0: that would inhibit you from inspiring a new realm of service, for giving us a gift that we didn't have when we walked in this morning, for stirring within us a a manifestation of your presence that maybe we've never experienced before.
1: We're open to that. We seek you now. In
0: Jesus' name, amen.